Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm a journalist, author, interviewer and broadcaster. And down through the years, one of my great delights is, if not presenting radio programmes about the music I love, then being asked to discuss it on someone else's radio show. What follows is one such clip of myself and Mike Murphy, Ireland's greatest art show presenter ever, discussing something I wrote about during my 10-year tenure with the Irish Times. You see, during that decade, the 1990s, I also happened to be the popular music correspondent for the art show on RT Radio 1. And both that station and the Irish Times like to see themselves as the radio station and newspaper of record, respectively. These programme segments, and sometimes full shows, would usually occur after Mike read an article I wrote and phoned me to appear on the programme, or after I myself would recommend an item that might be of interest to our listeners and even provide a script, around which Mike and I would happily improvise. By the way, if you want to read some of the articles I wrote about music, the arts and popular culture in general, plus politics, check out my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com. Aznavour and La Boheme. He's probably best known as the French singer who had a hit with the song She 20 years ago. But the release of a new album shows there's far more to Charles Aznavour than many of us may have realised. Joe Jackson is with me. And Joe, you said in the Irish Times recently <laughs> that if Aznavour had died in the 70s, he'd now be rediscovered as Jacques Brel is by a generation of rock songwriters. But the fact of the matter is that he's largely forgotten. You don't sound too, too disturbed by the fact that he has forgotten. Uh, uh, well, yeah, I don't probably... know. Look, here it is. Right. I don't. I, I would see um, Charles Aznavour as another French singer, right? Okay. He had an association with Edith Piaf. He writes some really good songs. I know that. But apart from that, not a great deal sure. more. Yeah. No, I think uh, my uh, what I was trying to say in that article, and what I said in the article was that if he had died before she became a success, I see she as a very sugary kind of uh, asinine love song, which set up the image of him him being the French romantic. And his subsequent albums, like after that, became increasingly sugary and one-dimensional, the very style of song that he had not been writing back in the 60s. So this whole thing about Braille, it was kind of that he would have that social realism base, the black romance the literary base going back to Baudelaire. You know, all those essences that are in Braille are there in Aznavour's early recordings. So that's the uh, Aznavour I know. And even like the next verse, although we faded on it, was that song, Looking Back on Youth, he writes about the world of artists. Like there was a, the next verse is great where he's saying, all those innocent hearts who imagined their arts could be casually mastered. I miss them each and every one. And it's about that time of youth mm. where everyone thinks they're a poet or a playwright yeah. or a painter. Okay. So he has those kind of subject matters that are not what you normally find in uh, Anglo-American music, which is the same with Brel. And Brel obviously was influenced by Brecht. So there's that, yeah. that whole lineage. And that to me is what Aznavour is, not the sugary she. So would he see himself as an artist rather than as a popular singer? Songwriter. Well, he never saw himself as anything other than an artist. And I, I, I've read his biography, and I'm sure he's a very arrogant man. I've seen him interviewed, but he believes he was born to act. And he's written a song called The Ham, which is the ham actor. And he's written a song called It Will Be My Day. And on the new album, he has a song called uh, I'll Never Say Goodbye, which is about all those singers like Sinatra who make endless uh, retirement announcements to come back on television to push their new product. So he's always written from the perspective of being. And he's written wonderful songs that I know actors deeply relate to. Mm. And they, like It Will Be My Day, as in when I'll walk onto the spotlight, the hunger I have felt all my life will be satiated. 
So he's kind of... Uh, and because he was acting at the age of nine, you know, he was born in 24, he's Armenian, not French, and he was acting in Shakespeare plays when he was nine. He was delivering his first shows when he was 14 and 15. So the world he sees is the world uh, as an artist and as an actor. All right, so, so therefore he has seen himself as an artist. Now, now you take something as modern as last week we had Oasis in town doing On the Point. Now, these yeah. boys are huge at this point in time. Yeah. Would they, and they are good writers of popular songs. I mean, yeah. OK, you may argue, I don't know, but they seem to me to be good songs. So would they regard themselves as artists as well? Well, it's only that, I mean, what I find interesting about it is I interviewed Noah Gallagher last Saturday uh, for the next issue of Hot Press, and he was talking about how, as a working-class person from Manchester, uh, he would never use the word either writer or artist in relation to his own life because working-class people tend to see those words as po-faced, pretentious, and not ours. Mm. Whereas when you come from a kind of French or Armenian working-class uh, ethnic culture to have a, be part of a travelling troupe, and this is what Asnavor's songs are, they also go back to that. You know, I found an album of his, I discovered him buying an album in the Dandelion way back, and there's wonderful sleeve notes by Jean Lees, and he says that this whole tradition of the French songwriter, which... Asner was part of, goes back to the troubadours, it goes back to the travelling uh, players who would play lute and recite poems. So there's that whole history, but that's of the people. Yeah. So I actually believe, and Gallagher said it, that it's only now in the last three years, Gallagher of Oasis, now that his songs are fully accepted and his mother can go around saying to people, well, your son may be an accountant or he may be a designer, but, you know, my son's an artist now and he's pleasing millions of people and he's got zillions of pounds. Right. That Noel Gallagher's saying, very, un, very unselfconsciously, I am an artist, but I can only say it now. Yeah. So for me, the fact that Asnavour, I mean, he, he wrote his first hit in 1944, was talking of ordinary people at that level, has empowered millions, particularly right. French people, but furthermore around the world, people like myself who picked up on his records. Well, we're going to hear one of his right. uh, recordings now, but just before that, you, I recall you also said that, and you speak about the troubadour thing there, that Bob Dylan listened to yes. the songs of Charles Aznavour. Thank you for reading my articles, Mike. Not at all. I just said we found it interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, it, there's actually, this is where, and this again is what, what I relate to. Dylan is the only rock songwriter I know who has ever even referred to Aznavour. And on the back of Dylan's second album, there's a poem. Uh, called Some Other Types of Songs, and he just has the lyric line, listening to Asnavour in Greenwich Village. Now, that he would have been doing that in 1962, which is that first album I have here was released in 1962. And the difference between Asnavour, the major difference between Asnavour and Braille is that um, Asnavour was not a snob in relation to recording in English. Braille was and wouldn't and mm. didn't and didn't perform. Asnavour... Uh, 34 years ago, released his first album in English. And as Gene Lee says in the back of this, he worked his damnedest to make the English translations as true to... And what I think defines uh, French poetry and songs is the blend of high poeticism and vulgarity, the street language meeting the stars, yeah. those two tensions. And he worked his damnedest back then on this album to make sure the two elements mixed. OK, what are we going to hear? Well, we're going to play a song from that. It's called Like Strangers. And this, I think, is what defines Asnavour. Uh, Anglo-American love songs of their time and even still tend to look on the chocolate box side of romance, the first few days, the first flurry of love and lust and longing and all that nonsense. Asnavour's songs, songs always focus on the darker days, the end of love, like this, like strangers. Now, there we had Asnavour with Like Strangers. Now, Joe, um, go back to that thing about romance there, because uh, what you were, you were dismissing, <laughs> the Anglo version of love and soppiness and romance and all that kind of thing. But the fact of the matter is that our view of the French approach to l'amour would, would be that it is sloppy and soppy and mm -hmm. overly sentimental in reverse. 
Yeah, well, I think that's a kind of racist perspective. I mean, if anybody has read French oh, poetry, on. like racist, come on, look at movie. Okay, Lerner and Lowe did Gigi and all of these kind of things. Sure, we, we'll get into them at a later date. But if you read uh, Baudelaire, if you read Baudelaire's poetry, Flowers of Evil, if you read Rambo, okay, if you read that kind of the the very social realist uh, French novels, that's all incredibly realistic. And I think it carries. I agree with you about French movies; they've gone for the chocolate box hmm. crap. Okay, you know. Whereas, uh, I mean, there's a point made on the back of one of those albums, and I think it was very valid, made by Gene Lees in '62. He said, "If the American tradition, including that of the popular song, dealt with the very real subject of love, with the kind of realism uh, found in these songs, perhaps we would not be led to expect the impossible from life." And I tend to believe that is true. Mm. They give a far more realistic, uh, less blinding perception of love. With regard to Aznavour, I understand that he is not unafraid to confront issues such as alcoholism, mm -hmm. divorce, um, even rape and things like that. I do understand. Well, on his latest album, this is where I think he takes, and he's, this, he must now remember he's a 65-year-old man. He's made his first album in 10 years. I would have to stress for listeners that at the moment it's currently only available on import. But I was blown away absolutely by the, the songs on the new record. I mean, the song called, I didn't want to play it. I was going to play it for this show, but it would be too upsetting to anybody who ever suffered from a rape experience. Uh, her name was Maria. It's an astounding piece of art. And equally, uh, other songs on the album called You Against Me is a very kind of uh, mathematical uh, exploration of the breakdown of a marriage's effects on children. And I have not heard anything like it. Uh, Sting on his new album tries to write about the same subject and its infantilism compared to Aznavour. Right, and the same uh, relates to this particular song we're going to, I think, end with, which is called I Drink. Uh, I think, I mean, part of, I, I discovered this through my father, and I think this romanticization of drink. The song. Yeah, the no, Aznavour, yeah. and uh, Aznavour ill affected my father because he took his image of manhood from a lot from what Aznavour wrote. And a lot of it had to do with romance, a lot of it had to do with the romanticization of drink. Because Aznavour did a song uh, 20 years ago called Two Guitars, which is, you know, basically, I'll drink till I die and to hell with it. And for people who have died from that, I think it's very hard to take any kind of glorification of the subject. But this song, Aznavour looks at it at the age he's at now, and he almost, he further explores and explains why someone would want to let themselves die through alcoholism. An astounding lyric from an astounding artist. Well, the song is called I Drink. The artist we're speaking about is Charles Aznavour and Joe Jackson. Thank you very much. Thank okay. you. Hi, Joe Jackson here again. I thank you for listening to this edition of the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. And don't forget, if you want to read any of my articles, check out my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com.